This is thatsinthebible.com. That's in the Bible, episode 114, Sodom's Surprise. Troubles and times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedoms we all hold dear, now is at stake. Humbling your hearts to God, sage from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians away. Hello, welcome back to That's in the Bible. My name's Eric. Glad you could join us for another episode of That's in the Bible, the podcast that we are concerned about what the Bible actually says, not what you think it says or what you think it should mean, but what the Bible actually has to say. And today we have a special guest joining us again. It's Robert Militello. Robert, how are you, sir? Thank God. No complaints. The Lord takes very good care of me. Amen. <laughs> Amen. We're glad you could join us. You know, the one of the benefits of this podcast is we bring a variety of folks. Usually we have our, our regular pastors. That would be Pastor Scott Strobel, Pastor Stephen Bear, my son, Matthew Sutton, a missionary up in the Arctic. And then we also bring in guest speakers like um, Pastor um, Bruce Varner. And um, we also have with us and I'm happy to have you with us. Robert Militello writes for the Bible Believers Bulletin. You may have read his articles there. Um, he's done a variety of things. Um, he's been heard on Final Fight Radio. He's heard on YouTube, on Don Nesbitt's channel. And uh, that's probably just barely scratching the surface. But uh, Brother Militello, we're going to turn it over to you, sir. And um, I know you, we've titled it Sodom's Surprise. And, yes, sir. Uh, we're going to let you uh, let you take over. All right, brother. I thank you for the opportunity of uh, speaking and teaching and bringing out the scriptures that I believe are so very important right now in our time. I don't know of a time when America needed Jesus more than it does now, brother. It is really bad and getting darker. Uh, and this is a great season for Christians to step up to the plate. And to be bold and witness and uh, get prepared to leave here. That that might come sooner than what many believers want to believe. They might feel we have time. But the coming of the Lord is going to be a shock and a surprise. Uh, it, you know, if you look in the Bible, you see that Paul was tipped off by the Lord as to uh, leaving. His departure was near. Peter also had the same experience. The Lord had showed him that he must shortly put off this earthly tabernacle. I believe the Lord will tip off some of his servants, those that are uh, walking with him and practice a high degree of holiness. Their, their lives are well in order as to the Lord would have it. And just like the Lord took three, three of his apostles up to the Mount of Transfiguration, uh, the rest were left behind. I believe there'll be certain servants of the Lord that will be tipped off as to what is about to happen. And that's how I want to lead into this teaching. Uh, Sodom, the city of Sodom and Gomorrah, for that matter, they had no idea of what the Lord had prepared for them. A severe judgment, one that everybody, even those that don't even know the Bible, uh, can talk, can uh, remember uh, the story, and we get the word Sodom from that. The Lord had grown so sick and tired of their behavior, and that He was determined to write their death, their death warrant. Uh, America, I believe, and I'm reluctant to say this only because I thank God for America and the opportunities it has afforded me in many ways, and especially the freedom to preach and teach the Bible. But America, it's it's over. The, the death warrant for America has been issued. Well, let me explain that. We're, uh, we're in the so-called Pride Month. June is Pride Month. We're all, we're all supposed to recognize uh, the fact that the, the gay community, the LGBTQ uh, community, has uh, gotten their rights from Caesar. Caesar has granted them their rights to a civil marriage. So Caesar and the gay community have gone to bed with each other. 
it's pretty sad. I don't know what there is to be prideful about. It's a, it's a shame. It's the Lord calls it an abomination. It's it's right there in Scripture. It's in Leviticus eighteen and twenty two. It's in Leviticus twenty thirteen. This idea of sleeping with a same sex partner is in the sight of God an abomination. Uh, Christians sometimes are reluctant to use God's words. They they well, it's evil, it's sinful. It's more than that. It's an abomination. Uh, and the first reference to sin is comes up in Genesis thirteen thirteen, and it's talking about sodomites. And there it is. Look at those numbers. Genesis thirteen thirteen. So uh, this is tough, and a lot of Christians uh, might get a little bit frightened. I'm not, I'm not out to scare the daylight out of you. I'm out to move you to get busy now. I, I don't know how much time is left, and to make you see through the scriptures that uh, you don't, uh, you don't know when this is going to happen, and what you need to be doing prior to this happening. The for his church that's titus 213 it will happen soon the lord has put an x on america the, the death certificate just needs to be signed it's already drawn up what do i mean by that well seven years ago it was june the 27th 2014 five of the nine justices the highest justices in the land sitting on the supreme court uh, issued their ruling that sodomite marriage was fine and that you could not deny uh, sodomites and lesbians their their right to marry in a civil ceremony. They had every right to marry. That's uh, the rights of the people. That's Lady Osea. And they jumped for joy. There was parades and there was excitement all over the country. They had finally gotten what they had wanted which was legal recognition by Caesar. Now, what, what, does, what does something like this do to a holy being? You had the Lord at the very beginning of instituting the, this, the marriage contract between a man and a woman and telling them to be fruitful and multiply. And then he says in the scripture, marriage is honorable in all. And the bed is undefiled. So you have marriage as the first blessing of God upon the human race. The institution of marriage is a holy institution. There's no question about it. There's no question about it. what did the United States Supreme Court do with God's words where it says marriage is honorable in all. Well, they turned around and said, well, God is, uh, you know, the, the idea of man. Uh, just with a woman, man and woman together and producing offspring. Or we don't believe that anymore. We believe there are other marriages that are equally valid. And these people who are nothing but sex perverts have a right uh, to go before Caesar and to have their, their union made illegal. And like I said, they were excited. They were jumping for joy. And this was exactly just about seven years ago. Now, mark that date. We're going to have gay pride parades, uh, you know, and demonstrations now the whole month of June. And there's nothing we could do about it. When you think about pride, the, the, the most shameful conduct in the world, in human behavior, is no longer shameful. It's like, hey, look at us. Look at who we are. And what, what does it say about pride? Pride goeth before destruction. So you got to look up the sin of of uh, Sodom and why the Lord destroyed that place. If you read in Ezekiel 16, 19, I'm sorry, 1649, uh, the Holy Spirit will tell you exactly what Sodom's problem was. Besides pride, it was fullness of bread, uh, which America has. Thank God, although the prices have gone up. And idleness. Well, Americans have more free time, I think, than any other society in the world. So an idleness uh, could be the devil's workshop, as you might have been told when you were growing up. So pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Now, I'm telling you uh, from what I see, what I remember in New York with the World Trade Towers going down, it's going to be sudden. It's going to be on a day when no one thinks anything is wrong or anything terrible is about to happen. 
and the Lord is going to strike like he struck on that September. It was a beautiful day, white, puffy clouds, clear, and he struck. And uh, New York was humbled. New York was humbled. And I had I think I might have mentioned this on on some broadcasts. I had this feeling instinctively that New York was going to get a bloody nose. I, I had that for quite a while. I'd been preaching on the corners, giving out tracks and doing what I could to get souls interested in their eternal well-being. And every now and then the Lord would give me some fruit for my labor. But for the most part, uh, New York City worships the dollar, period. That's it. The dollar is God and everything else can you know, fall off the table as far as they're concerned. So that prideful city with uh, many of its inhabitants walking with their nose up in the air because they make good money. Money is to be made in New York. There's no doubt about that. And thinking they've got everything there that they need. I mean, there's more of everything in New York than anywhere else. Uh, You could go to a different restaurant every night for a year and not run out of different restaurants. It's The variety is amazing. The cultural life, the things to do. Uh, you never get tired. Uh, I used to tell people, no one is going to die of boredom in New York. I mean, let's let's face it. There's plenty of things to do. And if you have money, lots and lots of things to enjoy. But the Lord struck. He struck that morning. And 3,000 people, 3,000 souls, just about 3,000, went into eternity with so much as, without so much as any kind of warning or indication that something was wrong. They went to their offices in those towers and many of them, most of them burned to death or were destroyed in the rubble. Many jumped out the window, as you might've seen on the television, on the, on the uh, tapes, but it was horrible. And no one knew it was coming, but it came. The Lord decided to strike and he struck America's principal city, which represents power, wealth. Uh, look at Wall Street. The towers were only a block and a half from Wall Street. My office was only a block and a half from the towers. And I had been in those buildings many, many times. Uh, it's still hard to believe they went down, but they did. Now, look at this. The, the horns of power in the Bible, horns represent power, power. Now, America's horns, America's power is economic, financial, and uh, military. The Lord sent fire from the sky, namely planes loaded with jet fuel, to strike at the two horns of America's power. Look at the symbolism here. I want you to think of Moses when he saw the Jews going crazy there, playing around and carrying on in a wicked way. Because Aaron got tired of waiting, the people got tired of waiting, and they made this golden calf. And Moses, in a rage, broke up the commandments, and I guess fire came down from heaven. You could look at it that way here. What happened in Washington, D.C. and New York City, the Lord struck with fire at our two power centers, the World Trade Center, you know, representing America's economic power. And our military power, the Pentagon. And that was uh, quite a blow. Now, that happened what? Now, we're, we're already 2022. And that's 21 years after this event. And uh, the Supreme Court decision was we're already seven years after that event. Uh, we're moving toward another judgment, brothers and sisters. I can't avoid making this Clear as I, I have to make this clear. We're, we're, the clock is ticking. We're, we're going to go. It's going to be a horrible thing that's going to happen to the United States. Now, let's first start with Jeremiah. He was, according to the Holy Spirit, a prophet to the nations. God anointed him that way. You read that right in the first chapter about Jeremiah. It says, uh, In verse 5, chapter 1, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Now, hold on to that idea. He wasn't just prophesying about Israel. He's prophesying about the nations, at least those surrounding Israel. Now, you come to chapter 18. It's always an interesting number, 666. 
And I read beginning in verse 7 in my King James Bible, at what instant is the Lord talking to Jeremiah? At what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up and to pull down and to destroy it? Right? If that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from the evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. Now, where it says, at what instant I shall speak concerning a nation, I believe the Lord might have written something down when our Supreme Court, when our Supreme Court decided to legalize sodomite marriage. You know, that hand that came out of nowhere when Belshazzar was feasting with the Babylonian nobles, they were drinking from the cups that they had taken from the temple in Jerusalem. And everybody was having a wonderful time, laughing, singing, and enjoying themselves until that hand came out of nowhere and started writing on the wall. That's where you get the expression, the handwriting on the wall. And was telling them, you're finished. It's over. Your kingdom is going down tonight. You're finished. And that's, you talk about at what instant I shall speak. Well, <laughs> concerning a nation. Well, he spoke at that instant. You could, <laughs> you could see that clearly. I think he spoke against America when that sodomite marriage was legalized. I think the Lord just said, that's it. That's it. You're finished. Now, when that exactly will happen, I don't know, but I think it's soon. Now, he he just tipped everybody off with that disaster in New York that he can humble the proud. He humbled the greatest city in our uh, nation. He's going to humble the United States. And then he says, if that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from the evil, we're not. It's just going to get worse. I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. Now, you know, I know there are Christians that might have been, you know, led to pray for revival, want revival. And that's a good desire, but it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. The scriptures are clear. Second Timothy chapter three in the last days, perilous time shall come. And then the Apostle Paul gives a breakdown showing 18 characteristics that people are going to demonstrate in the last days before those are the last days of the church, not the last days of the present world system. And uh, the character meltdown is demonstrable right here in our time. I mean, you could see it clearly. Uh, this is, uh, he starts off by saying, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. Well, could it be any clearer? I mean, this is the selfie generation, you see. The selfies, take a selfie of me, look at me, I'm having a wonderful day and all of that. So there you go. That's the lovers of their own selves. And he's going to strike and it'll come by surprise. Uh, think of the Titanic floating along in a nice calm sea and heading for New York. I think it was a Saturday night. The band was playing. Everything looked good. There were some warnings. New York City had a warning. The World Trade Center had a uh, truck bomb blow up in its garage back in February. I think it was 96, 94. I have to look up. I, I remember it. The people got killed. I don't know. 30 people were either dead or injured seriously. And uh, the New York City fathers and the leaders of the city knew that the World Trade center was a target for a terrorist they were very aware of that the new york city police department had a special unit uh, that investigated every terrorist threat so that wasn't something new york city wasn't expecting they, they kind of thought it would come maybe at the statue of liberty or empire state building or well it came to the world trade center well no one thought or could have conceived that the destruction of the towers would come by uh, planes and fire. And that's what caught the city completely off guard. Now, the Titanic uh, had some warnings about ice flows. They were given some warnings. They didn't pay heed. They were actually looking to break a record for uh, the fastest transatlantic crossing. And they were uh, conscious of uh, the speed and I don't think they wanted to slow down, even though they were told that uh, there's some possible icebergs in that area. You know, people are determined to do what they want to do, and especially when it comes to getting glory for themselves. And the owners of the Titanic uh, wanted that glory. 
they were owned by the White Star Line. Later, that became Cunard, C-U-N-A-R-D. Cunard was the owner of the Queen Elizabeth and the Queen Mary and some great ocean liners. I used to see these ocean liners docked at piers on the Hudson River when I was young. My father would drive along the uh, the Henry Hudson Parkway and actually the West Side Drive, and you would see these things moored by the pier. And on uh, West 14th Street, the you could see the old pier. I think it's burned down now, but you could see the fate the faded lettering White Star Line was on the front of the building over the the big doors. And my father pointed that out to me and said, "Son, that's where the Titanic was to dock the next morning, but they never made it." How many? How many that profess Christ but do not possess Him? are not going to make it. They're going to go down suddenly. A shock. A shock will occur. The church will be taken up. And there's a lot about Lot and the symbolism of the church today when you think about it. Lot and Lady Osea, they seem to go hand in hand. A church that has lost its salt. And a man sojourning. The Bible says he sojourned uh, the, the inhabitants of Sodom, call him a sojourner. In other words, you, you you passed through here. You weren't born in this town. You don't have your roots in this town. You came through here and you uh, you established yourself here. We know he was established there because he was a man that sat in the gate. That's like a uh, an alderman or a city councilman, uh, somebody who's respected and has some authority. So when they went to his house that night to grab those angels and drag them out, uh, and they call him, you know, you're going to judge us. They're telling a lot because Lot says, please, I'll, you know, I'll give you my daughters. I mean, what a mess. Uh, and Lot represents the, uh, the last days Christian in many ways, uh, just in league with the world. He's married to the world. And if it weren't for God sending these angels to get him and his family out of there, although his wife didn't make it, well, you know, the angels had to come and get him out. And Abraham was tipped off as to what was going to happen. And uh, you know that Lot's, Lot was referred to in Peter's epistle as a righteous soul. So was it maybe living right or doing right? He, he called these sodomites brethren. Would you believe it? What do you, you know, brethren. That's, that's how far he had fallen. Uh, do you have people, worldly people who aren't saved? You call them bro. Somebody say, hey, bro. I said, no, don't say, hey, bro to me. If you're not in Christ and uh, you haven't been saved, you know, you're not my brother. You're the devil's brother, if anybody. So, now, I, I wrote some things down concerning the, uh, the Supreme Court decision uh, supporting the uh, same-sex marriage. The United States public opinion, according to the Pew Research Center, was moving sharply towards sympathy toward the gay population. Now, from 1986 to the Supreme Court decision, 29 years later, according to Pew Research Center, polls that are taken uh, by various uh, research groups found that there was a 30-point jump in the amount of Americans that were now in favor of legalizing homosexual marriage. Now, this is interesting because when I read up on this, it said there was no issue in America that moved so much as 30 points in a short time. So America's opinion shifted. And what happened from 1986 to 2015? Well, a lot of things happened. First of all, you got the mega churches that rose to prominence and mega pastors and everybody running around telling you God loves you. God loves you. So how am I going to get convicted of my wicked lifestyle, my wicked behavior if everybody's telling me God loves me? <laughs> and then there's something else that happened. Well, this was in the 70s and hardly anybody knows about this because it's pretty much under wraps if you look it up, unless you look it up. In the 1970s, homosexual behavior was classified as a mental disorder by the American Psychiatric Association, that's APA. They classified it as deviant, resulting from a mental disorder. That position was dropped 
This is in the 70s. They changed it. The APA then said there is a there is significant imperial evidence showing homosexuality to be a normal variant of human sexuality. So now it's not deviant behavior. It's a normal variant. In other words, it's like an offshoot of human sexuality. Hardly anybody knows the pressure that was put on the ASA, the American, the APA, the American Psychiatric Association, and then later on the American Psychological Association. The pressure that was put on them by the gay community was enormous and politicians to change the definition that they had come out with about deviant behavior. Now, you know, even the Catholic Church had said that it was deviant, it was sinful. They've, they've begun to change that. In fact, the, the latest issue of America Magazine, which is a Jesuit magazine, it's a bi-weekly, and uh, I look it up. every Whenever the new issue comes out, I look it up on the computer because I always felt if I know what they're thinking and what they're pointing to, I'll get a good idea of what the devil is doing and which way he's pu- he's pulling America. Well, in the June issue that just came out the other day, believe it or not, they have a lead article. Why aren't there or we should have LGBT saints? Would you believe it? We should have LGBT saints canonized by the church. And the author of this article, a guy named McDermott, a Jesuit, went on to say that years ago there were certain saints that were really gay or some women nuns that were uh, that way two lesbians and they never were recognized properly and they should be made to be saints and I, I couldn't believe what I was reading because I went to a Jesuit school when I was a boy uh, back in 1959 and the Jesuits then were conservative they never would have printed anything like this but the fact that Francis became the Pope uh, and he's the first Jesuit ever to be uh, named Pope had made that remark once to a reporter not long after he became Pope. Some reporters said, well, you know, what about these people that have this lifestyle? You know, if they're sincere and they love God, I mean, isn't there hope uh, for them? And the Pope made a stupid remark about who am I to judge? <laughs> he was afraid to call that behavior wicked and sinful, although his church did in its catechism. And, it's, uh, and, and now they're changing that. And why is that? Well, because the church, the one world religion, has to line up with the global community and the United Nations. And the desire there is is to be together on these issues, to have the same mindset. Uh, and they're working toward that. And that explains, as we get closer to the Lord's coming, uh, you read in Luke how uh, Caesar and uh, Herod, how Pontius Pilate and Herod, who had been enemies bitter enemies how they uh, made up in the face of the threat that jesus christ posed they made up they became friends they dropped their hostility so it says i wrote here the evidence turns out to be opinions because where it says the apa says there is significant imperial empirical evidence showing homosexuality to be a normal variant of human sexuality. Notice the word normal. I looked it up and I read further. It says the evidence that they claim in the statement turns out to be opinions of highly regarded psychiatrists. Those anecdotes, what kind of evidence is that? You get 20 of these people to go along with you and they no longer want to say that this is wicked, deviant, abominable behavior. And the APA says same-sex attractions and behavior and orientations per se are normal and are positive variants of human sexuality. In other words, they do not indicate either mental or developmental disorders. In other words, you don't need a psychiatrist, okay? If you're that way, you don't need a psychiatrist. So in 1973, the APA made history. A resolution saying homosexual behavior was not a mental illness or sickness. Okay. Wow. What have we had since then? Well, 
Suicides, drug use, and mental disease are twice as prevalent in the gay community as they are in the straight community. So there are the fruits of uh, that kind of behavior and that kind of lifestyle. Look, brothers and sisters, I saw this uh, in front of me almost every day. When I went to work in New York City, we had them. And I think I might have said on one broadcast, they had their own way of signaling to each other. One particular guy, this guy was a real character, uh, always with the tight jeans, you know, and these crazy outfits. And he would have a red bandana hanging out of a back pocket from his jeans. I guess the other pocket had his wallet. And I didn't know until somebody told me, uh, Militello, you know what that is? I said, it's a red bandana. He said, no. Do you know what it means? I said, no. What does it mean? He says, that's their signal for letting others know that they're available, that there could be a rendezvous in the men's room or something. In other words, it's like a dog in heat, if you could believe it. They're advertising to one another. He says, well, what do you know? What? What a zoo this place has turned out to be. But back in the 80s now, the AIDS epidemic in New York City was raging. And uh, they were some of the workers were coming in with purple marks on their arms or whatever. You wanted to stay away. You knew they had AIDS and nobody knew that there was a cure or what can be done. Mayor Koch at the time, Mayor Edward Koch, uh, who himself was accused of being gay, although he never admitted it. Uh, he closed down the bathhouses. These were the rendezvous places for the uh, sodomites. He closed that down. And uh, for a while, things were, uh, people weren't as scared as they were. But I remember one gay guy, he, he died. And uh, they hired someone. And somebody was telling him that you're going to get the office there that this person had, the the person who died of AIDS. <laughs> the guy says, I don't want that office. I'm not going near that chair, the desk, or the phone. I'll get out of here before I do that. And, and that's the fear that was there. You know, who touched what? Who's get throw out this phone, throw out this chair? throw Because you didn't know. They didn't know at the time how it was spread. I mean, it was easy enough to tell how it was spread by that kind of wicked behavior. People call it a lifestyle. I says, it's a death style. What do you mean a lifestyle? It's the most unsanitary, filthy thing you could do. It's it's wicked. It's foul. It's a death style lifestyle. Get a, get around those people, and God knows what you're going to catch. Now I notice in the last month or so, there's this talk about monkeypox popping up in various places. And what's that? There's some sort of disease uh, that gay people, for the most part, are going to contract because of their behavior. Now. What some Christians don't know is that on May the 14th, 2012, I'm sorry, the man who is now in the White House, uh, Joe Biden, was president, was vice president under uh, Obama at the time. And he appeared on a Meet the Press show. That's uh, those Sunday morning talk shows. And he says on that show. I'm comfortable with men marrying men and women with women. All marriages should be based on love. And he says, I feel incredibly proud that we're moving in that direction. Would you believe this? He came out before President Obama himself came out in favor of gay marriage. In fact, when he came out on that show and making that statement, it caught the White House by surprise. This is the guy that's running things right now in America. Could you believe this? This is the guy that we got in the White House. He felt incredibly proud. All marriages should be based on love. Who do you love? Who do you love? And will you be loyal to the person you love? And that's what people are finding out is what what all marriages at their root are about, whether they're marriages of lesbians or gay men or heterosexuals. Is that what you believe now? That's are what you, I believe. Your- well, sounds good. But what does that mean? Can a father marry his daughter? Can a son marry his mother? Can a brother marry his sister? I, I mean, where does this end?
You want? I love my dogs. Can I marry my dog? I mean, how, what is this? It's as long as they love each other, they should have the right to marry. As long as they love each other, and this is where we're headed. And they have no shame. It's this is Gay Pride Month, June Gay Pride Month. Well, the Lord has something to say. Well, beside the the Old Testament scriptures, we had this tremendous increase in uh, trans transvestites, transvestites multiplying like crazy. I don't know what it is that's causing all of them to come out of the woodwork or something. It's really gross, and uh, the Lord uh, condemns that. If you look up Deuteronomy twenty two five. He uh, condemns the cross-dressing there, you know, men putting on women's garments and women, all of that. And by the way, that's a problem. Uh, that's a bedroom problem here in America. Some wives don't even know that about their husbands. Their husbands like to dress up like women. Would you believe this perversion and sickness and they don't call it a mental disease? Well, what is it? What is it? You say, how does it start? Look, I'm not a doctor or anything or a scientist, or, but I know this. If they discovered a so-called gay gene, which they haven't discovered because it's not there. And why is it not there? Well, well I had gay some who were born that way. I said, no, no. What do you, how do you, you say you're born that way. You can't prove it. I say it's choice. It's a choice you make early on in your life, maybe very early on in your life. You don't like the role that God has assigned to you. So you play the other side. It's a matter of choice, just like a, dr a, a guy chooses to be a drunk because he loves liquor. Now, there's no you say we were born that way. They have yet to find a so-called gay gene in the chromosome chain that could prove that you inherit that. You don't. You choose that lifestyle. You don't hear this talked about much anymore. It's, God forbid you should say it's a choice. It's a filthy choice that they make when they reject what God has put in their heart to know about themselves. They reject it. So it's a choice. It's a wicked thing. And I, I, I don't, if, by the way, if they ever found the gay community is searching, you can't believe how badly they want to find something that proves they were born that way. And I'll tell you, if they ever did, they would destroy all Bible-believing preachers and churches that preach against homosexuality because they take away your uh, your legitimization. Say, you're, you're lying. This, we're born that way. We can't help it. God made us that way. You got to accept us. So you can't preach that it's an abomination, that it's perverseness. Why? Because they'll have the scientific proof. Uh, they hope to find that they were made that way. And it's not their fault. But if you look at Romans 1, and they say, oh, well, it's not in the New Testament. You know, it's in the Old Testament, the abomination. I say, no, Paul wrote about it in Romans 1, and it's uh, something you don't want to face up to. But he uh, he he put down clearly what, what begins this process of rejection. By the way, you had the American Psychological Society uh, and uh, counseling. They they give degrees in counseling. Now, a lot of the stuff that's uh, being taught now in the schools that, that counselors are saying is scary. It's scary. Let's say you have a daughter that, uh, for whatever reason, dresses up like a boy, puts on dungarees and a jacket and goes out and plays football with some of the guys. You know, she just happens to like sports. She's very active. She's. That's the way she is. We we call them tomboys, you know, tomboy. Uh, hopefully sooner than later, well, maybe later is not so bad. They'll realize uh, that God gave them feminine characteristics and they'll be the girls that God has called them to be. Well, what kind of counseling do they get in schools? Well, I'll give you a sample. A counselor here in a public school, in the public school system. Are you comfortable in your body? You play with the boys and you do this and that with the sports and all of that. And are you sure you're going to be a, a female? What, do you feel comfortable in this body or would you feel more comfortable being a male? You see how this stuff starts, brothers and sisters? You see how this wicked, satanic crap that's going on in this country, how it's spreading among college educated people? 
delve into your, well, are you, do you really know what you are? Are you looking to find yourself? These transvestites that don't know if they're male, female, or don't know what they want to be, they're, they're multiplying like rabbits for some reason. And you go back to Genesis, and God was very clear, be fruitful and multiply. Continue the human race. Marriage was sanctified right there. Marriage is honorable in all. Well, how are you going to be fruitful and multiply if you're sleeping with the same sex partner? Well, how's that going to happen? So the destruction of marriage is a real thing in our country today. And I read that verse the other day in in, uh, in the psalm. Uh, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? That's in Psalm 11, verse 3. If the foundations be destroyed, well, well, the foundation of our society is marriage. What else is it? It's marriage. It's family. Even the Catholic Church, when I was a kid, you know, the family that prays together stays together. Well, that's not always the case now, but that's what they believed back then. And prayer didn't hurt. Now, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Well, that's a good question. I'll tell you what I do. I pray Titus 2.13. I'll come today, come tonight. I keep praying for the Lord to come back and get us out of here because I know I, there's not going to be any turnaround. That's not going to happen. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So what has the devil done in these last days? He's attacked the, uh, the foundational block of society, which is marriage. And you see it even in the churches among Christians. And I know here personally, too, the number of Christian marriages that flopped no more. It fell apart. So what's happening? You know, when I grew up, if, if you knew it, if there was a divorced person on the block, it was like a scandal. Oh, so-and-so is divorced. And back then, I think it was one out of every five marriages ending in divorce. Now it's better than one out of two. More than 50% of American marriages failed. Did you know that? They're failing left and right. They're failing. So the devil is uh, winning in these last days. And he's got a church, for the most part, the Lady Ocean Church here, of professing Christians that uh, don't want to speak much about this, don't want to attack this. They want to just have these worship experiences on Sunday where you go and you feel good and you're all excited and the music and the light show is going on and you're swaying back and forth. Kumbaya and I feel good and I'm coming back next week because I got an emotional high here and all of that. The real hard preaching that needs to be coming from the pulpits is not coming. It's not. And there's not going to be any repentance. Now, as far as the root of homosexuality in Romans 1, it says here in verse 18, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness in, of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. Now, what is that? If you look at John's Gospel 1, 9, uh, verse 9, you, you talk. You'll see the light that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. There's a certain light that God gives people. It's a conscience. It's a conscience. You, you come into life. You come into existence with that thing put into your soul, into your being by your creator. So it can eventually, hopefully, lead you to salvation. This is what I tell people who tell me about the animals and evolution. I says, come on, get lost with that evolution stuff. You want me to believe in evolution? Then show me at what point in the animal chain, in the evolutionary chain, beginning with animals grew, at what point did the animals get a conscience? Because they don't have a conscience. They rob, they kill, they steal from one another. They don't go back to their den and cry, oh, I just stole food from my neighbor here. I feel They don't have a conscience about anything they operate by instinct the law of the jungle me first you later i'll kill you before you get me that's an animal man is not man has a conscience it says right here in verse 19 because that which may be known of god god puts a conscience in every soul as you begin to develop you you, you see that you know right from wrong is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. I'm talking about people even without a Bible. They have light from God. It's a conscience. 
Now, verse 20, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. You could see there's a God. You look up in the sky at night. Did it just happen this way? Did it just get that way? People talk about the Big Bang and the evolution, and it's just so ridiculous. Anybody with a brain uh, believes that stuff. I said to one guy once, you see the sun 93 million miles from the earth perfectly placed and the moon going around and perfectly placed there and all the stars and nothing collides with anything. Uh, everything moves like a watch, like a Swiss watch with precision. And you're telling me that randomly happened from a big bed that just came about randomly? Well, it's it's a sign that somebody put it together. You see a Swiss watch, you open the case up, you look at the back, you see the movement. That didn't just happen. If you took apart a Swiss watch or any watch and you opened the back case and you took all the little pieces and you threw them up in the air, when they fell down to the ground, would it form a perfect movement, a watch movement, time? No. Well, that's what you believe, I said to one guy with the evolution. I said, you believe that. It just came about like this. you got to be nuts to believe that. Well, this is God takes away their mind. Now, he says in verse 21, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Because they the emphasis was on themselves, how they feel. And maybe a young boy started to feel like he was uncomfortable with his being a male. Maybe he uh, he had problems with what God expected of him as a male or how he was to behave. And he decided to take on feminine characteristics. He made a conscious choice. He wasn't born that way. It says neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations. And their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like the corruptible man into birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. In other words, they put the emphasis, they loved themselves. Oh, look at me, ain't I pretty? See, the emphasis, they gave glory to themselves, what they wanted. They rejected God's role for them in society. And that's sad. And I don't understand exactly how that process starts. But they're made aware at an early age, you're a male. This is what males are like. This is what males do. This They rejected it. They rejected it. There's a lot of people that, that they were ashamed, maybe. I, I know some black people are ashamed of being blacks. You had that Michael Jackson putting on makeup all the time. He wanted to be white. I know a lot of women that wanted to be men. And men that become gay and prefer to be women. What the, what's the matter with people? It's a rejection. Of what God has done with you. That's what it is. It's you putting your fist in God's face and saying, I don't like the mold I came from. I'm not going to fit myself into your idea of what I should be. I'm going to reject that and adopt my own. Well, men dress up like women, the cross dresses. Women want to dress up like men. Women want authority positions. And what do you have today? You have confusion. You have mystery Babylon. You have confusion. It's not, it's not going to be remedied until the Lord comes back. Verse 24. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness. Look at that. Through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature, that's themselves, more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Who changed the truth of God into a lie. What is that? The truth of God is what you are in the way it says in Genesis. God made them male and female. Well, I don't like the truth of God. I don't like what he made me. So I'm going to change that. I'm a female. Even though I'm in a male's body, I'm going to be like a female. I'm going to take take on all the ways of a female. Now what? Verse 26. For this cause, because they made that decision, they weren't born that way. God gave them up to what? Vile affections. You'd find more on that in uh, Judges 19, verse 24. Vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. The natural use, the woman, to bear children. 
and verse 27, and likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust, there it is, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves AIDS, now monkeypox, and God knows what's coming, receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat, which is proper. Now, here's the final blow. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, they had a conscience. They burned it away. God gave them over to a reprobate mind to those things, to do those things which are not convenient and then he describes some of their ways in verse 29 being filled with all unrighteousness fornication wickedness covetousness listen brothers and sisters the worst enemy the church of god those christians that believe his book and want to live for christ their worst enemy in our society is the lgbt community they hate you and they hate the book if they had their way they'd close down every bible believing church in a, in a heartbeat if they if they could, and like I said, if they ever find a so-called gay gene, they'll they'll feel they have the right to close down or stop any preacher that preaching that homosexuality is is a perverse a perverseness a sin. They have their agenda, and and I know that hatred personally. I've seen it directed at me. I've had drinks thrown at me, uh, preaching against gays in front of a gay uh, club. Uh, yeah, and, uh, I had one down in Coney Island, uh, years ago, uh, a couple of gays, they were going to have a parade that day and I was preaching against it and they, they went ballistic. They went vicious. If there were no police around, they would have grabbed me and tore me apart. Yeah, their, their hatred is, it's demonic. You look in their eyes. It's, it's intense. It's so filled with the devil. They, that I, I have to see that as God giving them over to a reprobate mind. It's gone. It's shot. Now, you know, the scripture says with God, all things are possible. Uh, there are some gays that have been healed by the Lord Jesus Christ and delivered and are now living a normal lifestyle and have married and have children. But as this has happened, the gay community has gone into a panic over that. And they're demanding that each state, New Jersey has already done it and some others, I think Pennsylvania, that each state pass laws outlawing what's called gay conversion therapy. Gay conversion therapy where you try and get gays to uh, to live normal, <laughs> to be normal. New York State has also outlawed it because there were complaints made by some secular Jews that the Orthodox Jewish com community, the Orthodox, were uh, having these programs, were running these programs where they tried to get uh, some young Jewish males and females to change, to switch, to become straight, and to give up any idea of uh, being perverse in that way. And they were stopped by the state. So even, the, even without Christ, the, uh, the Jew who believes the Old Testament knows it's an abomination. What do they do about it? Well, the secular Jews couldn't care less because Tel Aviv, the largest city in Israel, is considered the gay capital of Asia and the Middle East. Would you believe that? And they're proud of it. The Jewish mayor of Tel Aviv, the Israeli, he's, he loves that. He says, we're, we're inviting everybody here to have a good time in Tel Aviv. And come, come. It's, it's a most welcoming city. So what's the surprise that I opened this message up? Sodom's surprise is one day, coming soon, we'll just have something occur that'll shock this nation. And it'll be like hearing on the news that the World Trade Towers are burning. They'll fall crumbling. Now what's going to happen? Well, I believe because God's goodness tells me in Luke, it will be removed. In Luke 17, just before that happens, or coincidentally with some sort of nuclear attack. That's the way I see it here in the scripture. Why? Because it says in Luke 17, verse 26, it starts. By the way, it'll be business as usual. And that's what you have today, as it was in the days of Noah. So shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. 
they did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. By the way, that marrying wives, that's gays with all kinds of partners. Physical union means they married someone. <laughs> Likewise, verse 28, as it, also as it was in the days of Lot. In other words, same thing, leading up to the rapture. He's going to have, they did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. All right? No famine, they, they had food to buy. Business as usual, I wrote in my Bible, business as usual, commerce, planning, construction, all going on. But what does it say in verse 29? But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Remember how the towers got hit? It rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. America? The death warrant remains to be signed. It has already been drawn up. We will suffer a calamity that will destroy this place. It's right there. Hopefully, we will get out just before it happens. That's what I see in this verse. The same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven. The Lord has put out a contract, you know. In Brooklyn, we we had uh, the mafia would suppose would give someone a contract. It was an assignment to kill somebody. You had to carry that out, or you yourself were killed. It was a contract, a, a hit. Take somebody out. Somebody needs to be eliminated. Uh, don't be so surprised. The CIA does it all the time. Okay, they let out more contracts to get people killed and prominent people than you have hair on your head. Uh, the latest one was when Trump uh, killed that Iranian general there, Soleimani, the guy who was in charge of their uh, their revolutionary guards. Uh, Trump gave a contract to kill him. You know, even the Muslims, they have they issue the the imam of your city or your mosque issues what's called a fatwa, F-A-T-W-A. A fatwa is an edict. He signs an edict saying this one needs to be. Uh, fill in the blanks. A fatwa means you're cut off. You are cut off. I believe when the United States Supreme Court legalized sodomite marriage and looked at God's who said marriage is honorable and all and just crossed it out and said God is a liar. I think we had a contract drawn against us. It just remains to be executed. It's like someone under indictment or a warrant being issued from uh, the bench for someone's arrest. And the marshals will go out and try and find you. America living on borrowed, borrowed time. And at any moment, it's going to be pulled in and have to face the consequences of allowing this nation to become a, a den of iniquity and a place of comfort for perverts where they feel free now to come out and parade themselves and look at, look at every, and have people look at them and say, look, we have no shame. We're proud to be what we are. Gee, when I grew up, they were in the closet and they stayed in the closet, but not today. Not the America we have today. God help us. Amen. Think about these things and get ready. Do what you can for the Lord while you're still breathing, while we're still here. Amen. Well, we want to thank you, Brother Militello, for a clear Amen. and bold word today. Amen. Uh, we, we appreciate you taking the time to join us here on That's in the Bible. We look forward to having you again on soon, sir. Okay. Appreciate All right. It. And until the Lord comes, press on. Amen. Christians away. Jesus is coming soon. Morning or Night or noon, many will many will meet their doom. Trumpets will trumpets will surely sound. All of the dead shall rise. Righteous be in the skies. Going where going where no one dies. Heavenward bound. Troubles will soon be. Free from all care, rising up in the sky.
fly, homeward we then will fly, glory to share. Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon, many will meet, many will meet their doom, trumpets will trumpets sound, will surely sound, all of the dead shall rise, righteous be in the skies, going where, going where no one dies. Heavenward bound Jesus is coming soon Morning or night or noon Many will, many will meet their doom Trumpets will Trumpets sound Trumpets will surely sound All of the dead shall rise Righteous be in the skies 